you ask all my teammates, one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. see this and they're gonna say well he wasn't really a nice guy he may have been a tyrant oh well that's you because you never wanted anything i wanted to win but i wanted them to win and be a part of that as well It is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Break.
Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to episode 200 and wait for it. Five. It's 205 live of the Hoots. Oh, Podcast. nice. <laughs> nice. Whereas the old friend of mine used to say, do it by life. <laughs> um, hope you guys are doing well today. Uh, it's yours truly, Joshy. Uh, hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Happy uh, belated Mother's Day weekend. Um, it's been a birthday palooza over here in Castle Lopez. It was my birthday. It was my mom's birthday um, yesterday. And today is my grandma's birthday for my mom's side of the family. So happy birthday, grandma. Shout out to you. And um, I hope you guys are just doing well in general. Uh, we had Money in the Bank that just went down this past uh, Sunday, not only in Stanford, Connecticut, but also at the Performance Center. We got some really good title matches that we could talk about in a couple of minutes. But um, really quick, before we get into any of the plugs or the regular shenanigans that you get on every single wrestling podcast, let me introduce to you the one and only, the Director of Operations, Brother Carter. Derek, what's going on, my man? What is going on, Brother Adam? Happy belated birthday to you, and happy birthday to the family of Lopez. I uh, hope you guys all are enjoying uh, some wonderful time. I am actually, uh, for the second week in a row, I am on location. Yes. I am actually <laughs> in the car of Derrico, and I am driving and heading back to my palatial palace in Louisiana. So I'm very excited about that. But I was not going to miss an opportunity to be uh, on the podcast that hoots and uh, share and just get to spend some time with Brother Adam and all the wonderful, fine patrons of this show. So glad to be here and uh, looking forward to a good week of talking wrestling. What a week it's been. So yes, <laughs> much to talk about and so much we can't talk about. At the time, I used to pick common people to make fun of me when I had that job up in Utica. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw a little uh, South regional wrestling. wrestling. Yes, <laughs> you know. Right. Yes, watching certain aspects of uh, Dynamite last night made me want to channel my inner uh, Jerry Stiller. Uh, rest in peace, by oh, the way, Jerry man. Stiller. That's so sad. Yeah. I know. That 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 really brought me down. I I used to watch King of King King of Queens a lot with my dad, and um, obviously everybody, but I'm probably a planner knows his work from Seinfeld and stuff. So, yeah, my, our thoughts are with the Stiller family. That really uh, shocked me the other day. That, but uh, he's yeah. in a better place now. He's not uh, dealing with pain anymore, so that's always a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I really wanted to say Serenity now last night. I really did. Oh, man. Well, you know, my, my family and I, we grew up on, or I grew up watching Seinfeld with my dad. So, I mean, I, Frank Costanza to me is one of the funniest characters uh, ever on television. And uh, he was absolutely terrific. So, I mean, about I mean, 92 years old of natural causes, obviously had a wonderful life. But uh, it's not just Serenity now. It's Serenity forever for Mr. Stiller. Yes. All right, uh, let's get the quick plugs out of the way. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Also, you can follow Brother Carter if you like it, Derek Stodden on Twitter. On Instagram, I am on Twitter. No, I'm on Instagram, actually, at JoshyLopez94. That's J-O-S-H-I-E Lopez94. Uh, for those who are wondering why uh, my name is Joshy, that's a little name that my family gives me. Yes, my government name is Joshua or Josue, if you want to go with Latino purposes. 
But uh, is <laughs> pretty simple to find, and uh, I, I kind of like it a little, a little bit. Uh, but um, yeah, Joshy Lopez ninety four. Also at Josh Lopez Music as well. Uh, check out my guitar covers and stuff, and it's, it's always fun pulling up these nylon strings. Maybe pull out my capo and learn all the different types of music that are out there. Just no Justin Bieber. I always make that exception. Hey, what do you got, what do you got against a Canadian hero, Justin Bieber? Come on now. Delete. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope somebody renders him obsolete. Oh, man. I don't know. I, th- I think there would be a lot of teenage girls that might be upset if the Justin uh, that the Beebs was rendered obsolete, but uh, you know that's you know, another. You know what wasn't? You know what wasn't obsolete? Uh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy, my mentor Jay Hood, for having me be a guest on his Under the Hood Radio Show Tuesday night on ESPN Chicago, ESPN One Thousand WMVP AM Chicago, and your radio dials. Um, uh, really cool to hang, be a guest on this week's edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We talked for over, over a half an hour about money to bank and a lot of other stuff. So it's fun being on his show as always. And then, awesome. uh, finally, um, besides prowrestlingtranscriptions.com, uh, if you don't have the time to catch up with all 12 weekly wrestling shows, I give you everything you need to know that's not speculation related. It's nuts and bolts of what happened on these shows, and it's it's literally the ultimate point of reference hub for any wrestling fans that want to know what's going on with the storylines, what was said here, what should have been said here, blah, 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 matches. I really made that site as a reason for a point of reference, not only for shows like this, but just in general. Like I said, if you want to catch up what's going on, you can't watch Raw or SmackDown every single week. It's there for you to consume, and uh, uh, I put a lot of time and effort and thought into these transcripts, and uh, I hope it's worth your while. And I, I, I've been doing these articles for seven years now, and I feel like I'm getting better as the weeks go by, and I feel like I'm really at the top of my game right now. And <laughs> if you asked me eight years ago if I would be in the, I would be a master of putting uh, – uh, transcribing dialogue and knowing where to put uh, commas and all this stuff, uh, especially when wrestlers talk really fast, probably not. <laughs> but uh, I don't think anybody, any, I don't think any of us are perfect. I mean, when I was in school, I was really good at math. English was not my forte, so it's kind of interesting how life uh, leads you into certain directions after a while. So, um, yeah, check out prowrestlingtranscriptions.com and then finally. Um, as I've been mentioning over the last couple of weeks, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. Uh, and send some feedback. We'd love to know what your guys' actual thoughts are on the show. Speaking of feedback, I know, uh, as we were talking before we went on air, that Brother Carter has a little rant he needs to get off his yes, chest yes. today. And uh, we'll get to that in just a couple of seconds. But now it is time to recap the money the big pay-per-view that just happened this past Sunday on Mother's Day. And um, yes. bef- 
I guess we should start off with overall thoughts before we go into particular matches, if you will. Uh, uh, we'll start off with you, Derek. Just overall with everything, you know, <laughs> I remember last week I was saying, like, uh, I was saying last week that just wrestling in general has, like, a blank canvas, like how you really present a show when you're not always booking for a live audience. It's different now than it's just different parameters that's going on with the wrestling business. So overall, from your point of view, did you like it? What was your overall thoughts on Money in the Bank? I actually enjoyed the show very much. Uh, I thought that all of the matches, uh, both the in-ring action, the live in-ring action from the Performance Center, as well as the produced Money in the Bank ladder match were very good. Um, I thought all of the live matches, all of the competitors brought it. I really enjoyed. There were some really great spots in the tag team title and the Fatal 4-Way tag team title match. I thought that was really good. Um, To me, actually, Tamina and Bailey surprised me on how good of a match that was. I thought that they really had a good match. Um, And I I know, Josh, you're not a big Bailey fan. But I I think that both competitors did very, very well in that match. I was very, very pleased with that. Uh, the Seth Rollins Drew McIntyre match was great as well. The the storytelling in the Braun Strowman Bray Wyatt match I thought was awesome. When Strowman put on the mask, like and I thought that was that was just awesome. So uh, overall thoughts, I enjoyed the show very much. Really enjoyed all of the matches, and I uh, thought it was a, a very well done pay per view. Yeah, I totally agree with you on the most part. Uh, I I wasn't sure if Bailey was trying to be a third member of the Dudley Boys with their <laughs> on uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, here's the thing with Tamina. Like, I know a lot of people were talking about last week that, um, you know, to celebrate 10 years in WWE, it would have been nice to have like a little cool moment there where she with the towel, but even if it's for a week or a month or something like that, you know, just honoring her time in the company and stuff like that. But, um, you know, again, <laughs> I I guess another reason why I'm just kind of indifferent with the whole Bailey thing and her being associated with Sasha is that, yes, I knew how great their match was at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn five years ago. But I've been teased with the potential of this feud starting for countless times. And it gets to the point, like, either do it or separate these two. <laughs> <laughs> they always find a way to be in the same brand with each other. Uh, we we don't know if Sasha's upset because she had the uh, attention complex, or or now we have Bailey as the bad guy. Now it's just like I want I want this get into the feud. Stop tipping tone around it. So uh, I want to see that. And um, I was gonna say, um, yeah, I mean it's go ahead, brother. No, no. Just I was just gonna say, um, I I agree with you in that, Josh. That they've been they've been teasing this feud for for a long time, but we've never really gotten it. And and I don't know what is causing WWE to not pull the trigger on on the feud. I don't know if they just don't feel it's the right time. I just don't know. I don't know what the reason is for not doing. It. Maybe they're just waiting. They had other agendas with their booking. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because uh, you know, again, we don't we don't try to predict booking on this show as you right. as we've said many many times. We just mm-hmm. try to enjoy the product for what it is, and that's what they've given us. I I, I know that eventually there's going to be a huge war, and I, I hope it's sooner rather than later. But if not, then we're just going to enjoy this teasing for 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 now. 
Speaking of good stuff, enjoying the product for what it is, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Jeff Hardy and Cesaro for their match on the kickoff show. Yes. Uh, that match was really good. And then also the uh, opening match, we had the four-way Forgotten Sons Lucha House Party. Ms. Moore, son. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. Ms. Moore. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait till we're we're back live, and they're going to be able to get the whole crowd doing hey, hey. Oh, oh, I'm sure Probably. that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. That's going to be driven. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's still a team by the time that comes. Um, yeah, so that was the four-way match. Uh, also, New Day, of course, being the tag champions. Um, and, you know, I have some people reach out to me over the time. They ask me, like, hey, what's, like, the hardest match to uh, transcribe? Like, w- like, what gives you difficulty? Now, I, I want to say I want to thank the good Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ for um, giving me the ability to really process things at a really rapid-fire pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all due to him. And um, for me, it's like I, I can process things, process things really fast and I can adapt to different situations or matches. Um, when it's a eight-man tag team match and – Things are going rapid fire, rapid fire tags, and people are trying to cut a ring off in a fatal four way match, even though it's no disqualification, and they're trying to use <laughs> the referee's vision. It's kind of hard for me at times to really to pick that out because literally I challenged myself to point out every single thing that happens in a match. That's why you see some matches that have three or four paragraphs because I'm literally putting the time and effort to show the different parts of the match. That, right. that I challenge myself that way. So when you know people are attacking each other from behind and they're doing finisher sequences halfway through the matches, it's hard. It, it goes really fast. I mean, I, I was telling Derek uh, during the show, I felt like Sod the Hedgehog trying to type out as fast as I could everything that was going on. I mean, you right. know, all four teams had their opportunity to shine, which is always a good thing in the fatal four way match, right? And then uh, New Day found a way to retain. They're still your WWE World Tag Team Champions. Yes. That's pretty good. That's a, that's a pretty good tribute to Woods. Hope he comes back soon. I miss I miss Woods. Everybody, by the way, go check. I know Derek's on the road to Derek, especially after this show. Make sure to check out New Day Feel the Power podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it is fun. I, I, I actually, I've, I've listened to a couple episodes. I like. It's funny. They do a great job. I mean, ever since, I'm not ever since. It, it took a year or so, I think, for them to really find themselves. But I mean, New Day has been so entertaining for so many years. I, I think that's why WWE goes back to them often and gives them the titles because they're just so entertaining, mm-hmm. and it's they're just you know you. Can't, can't go wrong. They might go down as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And I know that's you're 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 talking about teams like and I know there's some other wonderful teams of all time. You know, like Steiners and uh, and like in the Outsiders and uh, the Legion of Doom. Uh, you know, all those all those amazing teams. But I, I really think the New Day is going to go down as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. You know, to me, the, one of the greatest teams of all time. I uh, just watched the. Dark Side of the Ring episode of uh, the Road Warriors, and um, oh wow, man, 
That one was rough to, uh, to get through. And then they have the season finale next week with Owen Hart that's been highly anticipated. Oh, so that's gonna wow. Be, that's going to be some serious business next week, Brother Card. I remember that. I was, that's, why, that's probably when I started watching. I was like five years old. So it's like May of 1999. And um, just one of the saddest things to ever happen, not just in wrestling, but in life, especially for actual entertainment event like that. For something like that to happen in front of a live audience is um, it's really sad, and um, we'll, we'll watch that one next week. But um, anyways, go go back to fun stuff. Like again, I just want to give shout out to the four teens, and I thought they delivered on their own accord, so I thought that was a really good match. And then yep. we had, um, of course, like you mentioned, Bailey and Tamina, and then um, see what else really stood out to me from the other sh- from the show. Um, thinking about it, like you had the, um, like you said, Braun Strowman and, uh, Bray Wyatt, these guys <laughs> pulled it off really good. And I, I remember, uh, Brian Alvarez having a hissy fit the last time Bray Wyatt fought regularly in the Mr. Rogers gear against the Miz. And this is a little different from that match because they, like you said, they tapped into the story and there was good spots during the match as well. So uh, I just thought it was a really good character. I don't know what you call it, developing or just overall just a good characterization of what they're what those guys are doing. Yes, Braun Strowman beat Bray Wyatt, but I think I've been able to say this over the last few months. The genesis of the Bray Wyatt character and the Fiend are two different things. Bray Wyatt can play mind games right. with you. But the fiend executes what Bray Wyatt wants to accomplish at the end of the day, right? And, and you know, it's and, and and you saw at the very very end. I mean, as Bray Wyatt was looking back, I mean, the fiend flashed for a little bit on the screen, which we knew was going to happen. And you know that Braun Strowman is going to get the fiend a little bit later on. But the fiend is more effective if you use the uh, the the Mister Rogers character every now and then. It's the same thing with Finn Balor and the Demon King. Like if Finn Balor came out as just regular old Finn Balor every week, but then only did the Demon King for special matches, error for every, you know, it just wouldn't be as effective. So that when he finally does bring it out, it's like, oh yes, and the crowd goes hype. Whenever the Fiend comes out for a match, like and they do the whole let me thing, the let me in thing, and then the remixed of his old theme song, which is so cool. Like that entrance is kick ass, and the crowd pops every single time because. They only use the Fiend entrance every so often. So, again, Nimrod Brian Alvarez, who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, uh, which we're going to get into a little into a little bit more when I go on my little rant of Derrico. But, um, no, it's I, it, it's way more effective if you use each character a little bit. Uh, not not equal, because uh, the Fiend has been used more than in, in matches. The Fiend has been used more than the Mr. Rogers character. Right. But... If you use them, if you use them both sparingly, it, it, it makes each character's presence that much more effective. You don't know what you're going to get. Oh, I, I totally agree with you, and that's the great thing about the Fiend and what Bray Wyatt's doing right now. And I don't, I don't remember a wrestler that's gone this deep in. Uh, able to really pinpoint who really did him in the past, uh, who did him wrong in the past, and went out of his way to bring them down. I, I keep right. saying it. Finn Balor went back to being the prince, 
The Miz back to being the heel. Daniel Bryan's back to being the yes, yes, yes guy. We'll see what, what we'll see what John Cena's fate is. Uh, I believe he's going to channel the dark side. Brother Carter disagrees, uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah. but yeah. here's the thing: I don't want to just only talk about Bray Wyatt. I want to give credit where credit's due because. I don't know. I, I, I saw the comment that Braun Strowman made about independent wrestlers and, you know, the IWC. The IWC is mad at him now because Braun Strowman ripped, ripped independent wrestling because uh, that's the thing in 2020. If you say something bad about something that's a cult following, uh, you're, the de- you're the devil. You're the devil. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's messed up. I remember uh, C. Puck saying this in his documentary when he first started the Straight Edge Society gimmick. Uh, he knew it was starting to work when old ladies at live events would shout at him, "You're the devil! <laughs> You're the devil!" Right, right. Okay, so Josh, let me ask you this. Okay, so uh, you you backed IWC for saying, "Oh, you're the devil," or whatever. You yeah. know, I think Braun Strowman's going to go and take a look at his paycheck. And look at his bank account. Yeah. And then look at the and look at the other members of the IWC or other wrestling organizations and go, Yeah, I think I'm all right. I'm okay. Call me what you want. My 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 bank account and my presence in the worldwide wrestling in, in, you know, just the, the the worldwide wrestling presentation is way bigger than all these small little IWC guys. So Who's really winning here? And actually, I'm going to, when we get into AEW, I was thinking about this today. I'm actually going to write a column on this for Wrestling Rumors. By the way, go check out my work at WrestlingRumors.net. Um, about, about why, well, actually, I'm going to save it, but uh, it's, it's going to talk about, and I'm going to talk about this too, why AEW is proving that WWE will always be the number one wrestling company in the world. And we're going to talk about that <laughs> a little bit later on. No, because I was thinking about that this morning. But anyways, uh, again, if all these people want to complain and say, oh, God, you're the devil, blah, 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 blah. Again, just look at the bank account and look at, you know, how much time, how much of a audience does Braun Strowman get to perform for every week as opposed to, you know, the IWC darlings? And who do they get to perform for every week? I mean, it's it's just, uh, it's, 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 it's business, man. It's business. It's, it's. Okay. Yeah, it's it. You, you hit the nail right ahead there. It's business. Are we in the business of making money or getting pats in the back by dirt sheet writers? Like, <laughs> what's more important at the end of the day? And again, like, it's not sending disrespect to independent wrestling because I appreciate independent wrestling as much as anybody. And I understand the part about grinding and paying your dues and getting to where you are. I, I understand about hard work and all of that. But in life, you got in life. You got to take advantage of the opportunities that come your way. So I, this is the thing that I don't get with wrestling fans, where they slight a guy like Baron Corbin or Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns because they didn't come from the independents or any other wrestler, male or female, and they don't come from the indies. They always get this like cloud of negativity drop on them over the fact they weren't on the indies. And the Indies are not the end all be all. And you can't say, oh, because you're not, just because you were in the Indies doesn't mean you can be a great talent. Um, Roman Reigns main invented four WrestleManias, whether you like it or not, because he's that good. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. That's right. It has nothing to do with the fact that he wasn't on the Indies. Like, Roman Reigns, and I, I still will back this tool, and, I, and I'm looking forward, to, by the way, to watching the Undertaker documentary. I'm going to watch awesome. that here. Uh, 
when I get home. But Roman Reigns got The Undertaker through WrestleMania 32. Period. Yes. Go back and watch the match. Like, if it wasn't, if, there is no, there are very few workers that could have gotten The Undertaker through that match. Right. There are only a handful that could have done it. Cena could have done it. Uh, AJ Styles could have done it. Daniel Bryan probably could have done it. But there's like four people that would have been able to get Taker through that match in the shape that he was in. So don't give me this crap that Roman Reigns doesn't deserve it. Ugh. Mm. You know, just like, just, just like my brother. You remember how my brother comes out? He's like, Roman Reigns is the worst. Yes. <laughs> Do not be like the brother of Derrico. Shout out to Scott, my boy. I, I miss Scott by the man, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, dude, I got to get him on the show one time. I, I, I'm assuming he has an open invitation to come on the podcast at Hoots. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll, one time I'll see if I can get him on the show. But it, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, we can talk about football and stuff as well. Um, oh, yes. He's a big Giants fan. Like, the Giants are his team. So he's been struggling for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Actually, I do. I have some football stuff that I might bring up later on the podcast, but we'll see that for later on. Let's talk. You know, I I want to add a football tie into what I want to mention next because, god damn it, our truth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he is great. Our truth is, our truth is gold. He is freaking. Gold. I mean, everything he does is just incredible. And I, I know you were going to bring him up, and that's fine. But God, I want him to go win the twenty four seven championship live on an NFL broadcast. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because I think how much wonderful cross promotion that could be for both companies. Training like, camp. Training camp. Well, I'm thinking yeah, if they can hold off that long, you know. The first game, if Gronk gets a touchdown, Truth just kind of sneaks out, like while he's doing a celebration dance, and pins him to win the twenty four seven championship during an <laughs> NFL game. Oh man, that's funny! Shout out to UPS! Shout out to UPS in the background. I see that. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. By the way, did you also like how he said how he's going to go fight Tom Brady and get his title back? I hope he does sack Tom Brady. <laughs> Where I, where I was going with this is that we saw our truth lose to Bobby Lashley, right? But the interaction that he was having beforehand with MVP was making me crying, laughing. Like, you know, uh, you gotta give MVP his props too. He's like, get you a little offset. <laughs> like, he was a bunch of different rappers. Get your ass out of here. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Dude, by the way, uh, shout out to MVP, man. His work has been phenomenal over the last month or so. By the way, I don't know how much of Raw we're going to break down, so I do want to say that him pairing up with Bobby Lashley is a good thing. I like it. (laughs) Man, I don't know if I felt bad for Lana, but, like, I don't know. I just felt something inside where she's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Josh, we'll get into this when we get into Raw, but does Rusev being let go by WWE bring Lana's stock down? I don't know, man. That's the thing. She's she's been in and out of the program because she shoots a lot of movies on the side too. I she's never right. gone fully just like full wrestling all the time. And um, like it, 
I don't know if it's something where she has to get to the point where she's like sable and gets more revealing. Uh, I I don't I know. Not. Probably not. I mean, but like, not- but I, I I I like her. I I think she gets good heat. I I, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if it's Vicky Garoki, but she does a good job talking in what she does. Uh, it's just we'll have to see who else she represents down the road. Who's who's somebody on the roster that she can pluck out and be like, hey, you're the next big thing. Like, like uh, what, what if what, what if Lana takes Austin Theory away from Selena Vega? I I was thinking either an Austin Theory or an Angel Garza because mm-hmm. of uh, you know. I mean, she can, like, Angel Garza can play the whole, hey, oh. baby, you know, yeah. and Lana <laughs> is all very smitten with Angel Garza, and yeah. that could be a potential pairing. Yeah, uh, I, we, let's not get Charlie Caruso upset. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we talked about this before, man, but the whole Angel, Gar- uh, Angel Garza-Charlie Caruso thing is hilarious. Mm. I love it every single week, and just... I love it. I think it's so funny. I love it. Yeah, uh, Charlie Waterfall is on full gear on Monday night. Let's put that out really quick. Uh, Before I take a swig of my real water here, I wanted to mention that, um, man, you know, I know a lot of people say, like, man, what what would be the reception if there was a live audience for particular matches? That's That was the one that I was having about during the Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, WWE title match of Money in the Bank because that is good as you're going to get of a wrestling match. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, I, I can always say I can pinpoint, I, I can always pin, pinpoint a really good match, especially with the fact when the fan Joshie comes out while I'm transcribing a match. Like, even if I'm getting excited, like, typing this stuff down, I, I feel like these guys are just clicking on all cylinders and I know, I know. Monday might Monday night beside may not be everybody's favorite thing or whatever, but I I, I, saw, I told this to hoodie uh, the other night. Everybody was like, "Why is Seth Rollins getting a title shot at the WrestleMania?" Seth Rollins is the guy on the roster that has credibility. Kevin Owens is not there. That's his choice. Kevin Owens doesn't want to wrestle right now. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he just wants to be quarantined. Whatever his decision is, that, that's his. Uh, of course, I, Kevin Owens is my favorite WWE superstar right now. I have nothing against Kevin. Of course, it would be cool to see him go after Drew McIntyre. But here's the thing. When you have a heel on the roster that has credibility, it shows. And, it, you know, by the way, I want to send congratulations out to Becky and Seth. It's uh, back to their first child. And, you know, it's always good. Awesome. To, it's always good to have another Bears fan join the join the world. So, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well, I didn't think about that, but, yes, well played. By the way, hey Josh. Yes. Remember how? Okay, so people were complaining about how Roman Reigns gets a title, or, or how Seth Rollins gets a title shot after Mania, right? Correct. Weren't they doing the same? Weren't they saying that he was? Oh, how come? He, how come Roman Reigns gets everything? It should be Seth Rollins that gets everything. Seth Rollins has now entered Roman Reigns territory, and people are complaining about it. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> Rollins is become what the fans wanted, and they're complaining. <laughs> you know it's good I, I, I like that you're building up because we're going to get to Rana Derrick oh, in a couple of seconds oh, you know? dude. oh dude oh my god well we, the rant of Derrick is going to happen 
when we get to the final match in the Money in the Bank card, when we actually get there. I know we're going <laughs> off on some tangents, but right. when we get to that, oh, believe me, the rant of Derrico is coming. And I, I okay. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to starting to get excited. You know, I'm starting to, it, it's starting to build. You know, it's starting to, we, we, we building up to this one. <laughs> yeah, I just really enjoyed that match from top to bottom. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Um, coincidence that, it's a coincidence that Moxley never got to the Roman spot or where Seth is right now, but that's another show for another time. Um, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, too, at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure some people are going to be upset with that comment, but it is what it is. <laughs> You're the WWE champion, and people are sitting on your sitting on their hands during the match with you and Dolph Ziggler, which were the two internet favorites at the time, and you're in Brooklyn, the IWC hub, and you would think they'd be marking out to have the energy of stealing the show, but they're sitting on their hands. <laughs> think <Right>. about that. <laughs> what, I mean, what point do we point out? It's the performers as opposed to booking. Nobody ever wants to have that discussion. It's always booking, booking, booking. But you know what? Here's the thing, though, Josh. Everybody forgot about that match, right, because they were sitting on their hands for it. But for some reason, it doesn't matter because nobody's going back and saying, oh, well, they had a bad match. No, nobody's talking about it. Oh, Ziggler never gets a chance. Oh, Ambrose never got a chance, blah, blah, blah. You gave them a chance, and they and it wasn't working. But nobody's going to talk about that. It's it's like with politics. I know this isn't a politics show, but I'm just saying everybody only focuses on their talking points. They don't yeah. they don't take the whole thing into consideration. They focus on their talking points and nothing else matters. By the way, nobody wants to listen to CNN and Fox. Okay. Like, can we have some nuance? Can we have some substance in what we're talking about? <laughs> no. Uh, you can't have real dialogue without engaging in hyperbole, Brother Carter. That's what I've learned in the, the last seven years of doing broadcasting. It's just sad. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, let's, let's get into the main event because I've been waiting for this all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, last week I talked about, like, the cool idea of, like, tapping into your critics and have, like, people just show up at random times. Even if it's unannounced, like I mentioned, Jinder Mahal coming in and stealing the briefcase from somebody. You know, stuff goofy like that or whatever. But um, uh, I I personally enjoyed the um, <laughs> the presentation that we got on Sunday because, you know, we got Brent Carter's favorite uh, authority figure making his cameo appearance uh, in uh, – Big Johnny, or uh, yeah. <laughs> Brother Carter. <Turn> <laughs> Brother Carter, if if Big Johnny ran for president, I know Brother Carter would vote for him. <laughs> That's absolutely. <laughs> well, Josh, how could you not? He is a man of the people. He is all about people power. Like he's a man of the people. He gives the people what they want. Give it up for Johnny Ace. <laughs> Oh, people power, people power. Dude, that was awesome. Oh, that was so great. I saw that. I was like, yes. And then when Otis threw the cake in his face, oh, that was so yeah. funny. It was great. Uh, and then I got to give shout out to my guy, Bruce Pritchard, down, uh, rocking out with Brother Love. You know, I got to wonder, let's say, like, Bruce is at a creative meeting and Vince is just going off on tangents. He's like, man, I need a break. I wonder if he just goes to the bathroom and it's like, no, let me put on Brother Love just to clear my head of what's going on. <laughs> you know? 
Oh gosh, that's so funny. God, that was I, crazy. Love, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did Ray say he loves him too, but he had to go. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I love you too, man, but I, I got to go. Yeah, that was great. Oh god, uh, that was awesome. Ste- uh, Stephanie McMahon making a cameo. Like, no, when Dana Brooke said that she thought she had won the match, and Stephanie was like. No, you 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 didn't you didn't win. Like that's not the real briefcase. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then Nia Jackson, and she's like, "And can you clean this up, please?" Like Dana's stuff is all over the place, or, so, or she's drooling, or something like that. Yeah, Nia's drooling. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so funny. Oh, that mm-hmm. was great. Um, my favorite cameo, though, and I've still gone back and watched this about uh, ten times. Was the Vince cameo yes. in the office, and like to do that, and then and then he at the very end, and then he takes some hand sanitizer and is. <laughs> oh, by the way, Josh, you know how the internet fans have said that? Oh, if you're not one of Vince's creations, you can't make it in WWE. Right? Really? Who are the two people that got the to do the spot with Vince McMahon? Hmm. Josh, please. Tell me who that was. I believe that would be Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Who are the two people? Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. I believe you're correct. And we're, yes, and are they Vince's own creations? No. <laughs> oh, right. They're, they're, they, they came from the internet. They came from the independent scene, worked their way up through WWE, and earned the opportunity to work with the boss. So anybody who says that you can't, oh, if you're not one of Vince's creations, you can't make it to WWE, that's a bunch of crap. But that's not what my rant's going to be about. But um, no, the uh, the Vince spot was my, fav- was my favorite spot of the night. And, and I thought that was just hilarious. Yeah, I want to give a shout out really quick to uh, Lacey Evans, as I like to call her, as Classy Waterfall. Uh, she was fantastic as well. And then you have Carmel. Man, I wonder how it'd be to moonwalk on carpet, but um... <laughs> she finds a way, man. She finds a way. Mm-hmm. Corey, Corey Graves is a very lucky man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, yeah, so we saw Asuka become the new Raw Women's Champion due to what we saw Monday night with the announcement with uh, Becky Lynch relinquishing her title. Uh, Obviously, me and Brother Carter are big Asuka fans, so definitely well-deserved for her opportunity there. And It was probably the only woman on the roster that was in the right spot for to have that championship with the fact that she did just previously feuded with Becky uh, before WrestleMania and stuff, so uh, shout out to Oscar, and then the man of 2020, the guy, the WWE superstar besides Drew McIntyre, that's having the best 2020. Otis Dosevich, even though he is a Green Bay Packer fan. Um, <laughs> um, by the way, shout out to Sia Punk on backstage for his proper reaction to hearing Otis say that on backstage. I thought that was hilarious. Um, you know, Punk had another funny thing. <laughs> it was cool to get to see Otis and Punk talk to each other. And uh, Renee's like, by the way, uh, Renee Young, the greatest thing to ever come out of Canada, besides 
or the Carter. I want to make that perfectly clear, okay? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll give you that. Thank, all right, you know, I'll buy it up. Thank you, Brother Adam. I appreciate that. Uh, so Renee asked Punk, like, hey, what advice would you give Otis since you're a two-time Money the Bank contract holder, right? And Punk's, Punk's like, uh, oh, so you made the first mistake by mentioning your partner. Your partner's going to turn <laughs> <laughs> turn his back on you. And then he told, you should have saw Otis' face when uh, Puck said that uh, you should put Mandy on the curb. Uh, put her on the curb. <laughs> and uh, Puck called That's Mandy, funny. Mandy called, uh, not Mandy, Puck called Mandy a dime a dozen. Uh, and I I was sure if Otis was seething, but he was like, mm, that stiff, Phil. <laughs> Uh, oh, dude! <laughs> Otis has been—he's been the surprise story, I think, of 2020. Yeah, and which has been awesome. I mean, I don't think—I mean, I, they did the whole Mandy thing, and they thought, "Oh, that's going to be great." I bet that they had no idea how much he was going to click with the fans, and just how over he's gotten. And it's been—it's been awesome. Uh, I'm excited for us. I was not expecting him to pick up the win at all. I thought it was going to be, uh, I thought it was going to be AJ Styles. So, but props to Otis. I thought that was great. Now, where do we go from here? Because I've, I've heard reports that he may use it to cash in and win the tag team championships for him and Tucker. So I don't know if they should do that. I don't know if he should go, they should go their separate ways. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here, but I'm enjoying it. And props to Otis. I mean, congratulations. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. The hacker. Who's the hack? Before we get to the rant of Derrico, I need to know who is the hacker, man. I think it's Mustafa Ali. I really do. I think that's how they that's how they're gonna bring him back and you know the MTV or whatever they want to call it, but uh you know the, the next version of GTV. But uh <laughs> I think it's Mustafa I think it's Mustafa Ali. I think it's Chad Gable. I think it's yeah. Chad Gable. <laughs> Man, you know how hard I'm holding hope for that John Cena faction that I made a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we saw the thing now that um, this faction can work now because I saw something about the brands being able to intertwine with each other again. Um, mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time, to be honest with you, with something like that that happened. So, um yeah, I, 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 it's, it should be a pretty fun moment. And uh, we'll get to, like, Jeff Hardy and Sheamus probably at Backlash. And then uh, we saw uh, the return of Edge and Randy Orton this week on Raw, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, Randy Orton challenged Edge to a wrestling match uh, at Backlash and basically questioning if uh, Edge can still lace it up and work in the ring, which I thought was a little interesting, different twist because – their first match was all personal, and that's why they had the last man standing stipulation. It's a little different parameters when you're having an actual wrestling match, and maybe maybe some pride could get in the way. Right. And uh, I, I just thought it was interesting. So, what you thought about that with Edge and Randy Orton? I think we're losing Derek really quick. Yep, you froze. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, are you bad, Brother Carter? Come back in if you could. Um, yeah, Brother Carter's have some technical difficulties right now on the road of Derrico. Um, 
So you're looking at Edge and Rain Orton having a regular singles match on the pay-per-view. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, potentially they could be the main event of the show, but um, you know, I, I, I really, I really did like that. Can segment. you hear me? Yeah. Can I hear you now? Hold up. All right. Are we good now? Derek? Hold Hello? on. Are you here? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we're good. Yeah. Wonderful. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, good. All right. You're on audio. You're breaking up a little bit. Oh, you just left. Okay. And so um, hopefully we can get Derek back on the show. If not, it's cool. We'll have it back on next week. But, um, yeah, so Derek is uh, kind of busy on the road. He's driving home from uh, Texas back to Louisiana. He went to go uh, visit his family down there, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we had um, this overall, I just thought that from top to bottom for what we saw in the money bank was pretty good for what we saw. You know, I, I just thought it was pretty entertaining and stuff. So I think we got Derek back. Brother Carr, are you back? Hello? Testing? <laughs> oh, hello. Can you hear me? Check, check, check. Yes, uh, I can hear you. Hold on. Check, check, check. Okay, fantastic. Sorry, I'm having some I, – I must be traveling through a – place where you know the, the internet has not been invented yet i'm guessing uh okay. just going through some uh, so uh can you hear me josh yes i can hear you what was your thoughts okay, fantastic. With, what was your thoughts on edge and randy orton thought it was great um I, i'm very much looking forward uh to their match and i'm very much looking forward to um to seeing what they can do uh, you know i know it's been a while and it's 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 going to be great to see what Edge can do after all this time off. We know what Orton's been able to do. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great contest, uh, and it's going to be nostalgic. Now, obviously, they're not going to be able to do what they did ten years ago. Right. Because the body ain't. I'm looking forward to. Man, it's not good. Uh, I'm sorry, man. No, it's all right. Um, Yeah, you're probably in the bad area right now. I I must be. I I mean, I can tell. I'm driving through some not as uh, not as well developed pastures or anything like that so i'm sorry about that you want to get to the rant of derrico uh sure we can try the rant of derrico uh, and if it doesn't work then i can do rant of derrico part two yeah. but uh <laughs> okay so here's the deal i'm about to share with all of you what is best for business because I believe, Josh, that is a segment we are trying to create here on the podcast at Hoots is the best for business segment featuring Brother Carter. Am I correct about that? Yes, you are correct about that. That's that's what I thought. So, this past Sunday, WWE tried to be as creative as they possibly could in a time 
where things are, aren't going so good right now. There's no live sports. There's no live, you know, you can't do any of these live presentations. Any sorts of things. So WWE is trying something new. They tried to do something out of the box. They tried to do something, okay, we're, there's a lot, there isn't a lot of people that can provide content right now, so we're going to provide some content. And after the pre-produced Money in the Bank match, now I tweeted about this, and I said, some people are going to love it, some people are going to hate it. And that's fine. I understand that, that not everybody was going to like it. But when you are complaining about the fact that, oh, WWE shouldn't even be trying, they're swinging and missing and all this crap, why are they doing this? Because they're giving the world what we need right now, which is entertainment. The world needs entertainment. They need distractions. They need, uh, they need a break from all the crap that's going on in the world right now. And for people to get on Twitter and saying, oh, everything, freaking Brian Alvarez saying, oh, swing and a miss, uh, WWE swung and a miss with this Money in the Bank concept. They're trying something new. They're giving us entertainment. If they weren't doing anything, they would, people would be complaining. Why is WWE not doing anything? They can have empty arena matches. They don't need to. UFC is doing it. Why isn't <laughs> WWE doing it? But now they're going, oh, God, this is not working. Why is WWE even doing this? It's like nobody is happy. It doesn't matter what you do, but you've got these freaking morons who who are going to complain about everything no matter what. And it's like there are things in the world right now that are bigger than WWE trying to put on some entertainment, which we sorely need. We need live sports. We need live things. And everybody's saying, oh, why, why is WWE doing these pre-produced matches? Like, why are they doing all these comedy and gimmick spots? Why are they blah, blah, blah? It's because they're giving us what we need right now, which is entertainment. And for anybody to sit there and criticize it and saying, oh, WWE shouldn't be trying. They're swinging and missing with all this pre-produced crap. They should just stick with the, the, the wrestling, even though that's not working because you can't have wrestling in front of fans. It's like, what do you people want? Like, what do you want? Is, is, is nothing that they do going to be good because it's simply WWE and we're going to poke fun and we're going to try to bring down the greatest wrestling organization in the world right now? At least the most profitable wrestling organization in the world right now. Look at AEW. What is AEW doing? They're showcasing WWE stars. AEW is not producing its own talent, so therefore it must mean that WWE is the best is the best wrestling company in the world because it's 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 AEW can't produce their own stars. So again, just for me, Josh, for anybody to go out there and to say that WWE shouldn't be trying, that they're swinging and missing with this with this with their pre-produced matches is utterly ridiculous. They're trying something new. They're trying to be innovative. They're trying to think outside the box, and I and I applaud them for trying to give the world what it needs. That's what's best for business. Rant of Derrico over. Wonderful. <laughs> Let's give us a standing uh, woken up for Brother Carter. That was wonderful. Your thoughts, Josh? Uh, nothing you said or I, I disagree with. Um, I, I've been very consistent about this word. Uh, I'm kind of – tired of the I'm right and you're wrong society. So no matter what they do, uh, like you said, they're going to find a way to pick it apart because it's not their wrestling company and what they want to see. And 
I've asked this age-old question since I ever started doing these type of shows. What do you want out of wrestling? Like, what do you want to see? And um, I, the whole thing of tearing one show down to build to prop up another one that's just okay, that's not earth-shattering, I just, I just don't see the point in that, you know? And here's the thing. Again, respect to everybody's opinion, right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, when I watch the shows, I want to be entertained. It doesn't matter what company it is. I mean, I spent, I don't know, like six hours on Tuesday covering three shows that had nothing to do with WWE. And guess what? I didn't think about WWE while I was watching those shows because I'm trying to watch your show. And that's the difference. Every time you watch a New Japan show, every time you watch an AEW show, no, no matter what company it is, somebody always got to bring up, Hey, why doesn't WWE do this? You know why? Because they're the top one. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's just got to that point now, and um, I, I don't think people give credit where credit's due. Because sure, you got to be the under underdog guy. You got to be um, you got to downplay the big the big people. So, um, yeah, well, Josh, what is the? And I've said this before. What is the best way to show that you are anti-WWE or anti-whatever? Stop watching. If you don't like the product, don't watch it. Correct. It's really not that difficult. If there's something on TV I watch and I don't like it, I don't go back and watch another episode. I say, okay, I don't like this. I'm going to watch something else. There is... You said yourself, Josh, how many wrestling shows are there a week? 12? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't like a show, there are 11 other options for you to choose from. If you don't like the show, don't watch it. It's really not that hard. No, it's, it's not hard at all, actually. I got a question for you since you're on the road, Brother Carter. Um, yeah. Is that the same car that you picked me up in uh, New Orleans? It is. It yes. Is, yes. This is this is the, this is still the car of Derrico. It is the one that I, in fact, uh, turn right here so the camera you can see. That's where you sat right there, Josh. I can't get a car mount, so I can't really turn it that far. But yep, you're right here. This is where Josh Josh sat, and uh, the, the good brothers uh, spent some time in the Orleans that is new. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Joshy and his Joshy and his uh, NFL defensive end uh, frame. <laughs> Right next to Brennan Carter, having a good time. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. We had a good time. We went. We went. I took you to that uh, po- that hamburger and po' boy place. Remember that? that first uh, meal. That was awesome. That was had, great. Now we had, had a great time. They had so much good food down there. I was Dude, I was, I was bummed out we didn't get raising canes, but that'd be maybe next time or whatever yeah. we go to next WrestleMania together. Well, and you know, there's 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 plenty of. Uh, you know, places you can go that's going to have Raising Cane's. So Absolutely. you can, you know, when you go to travel, I mean, Raising Cane's is big in the South. So you know what? You come to travel. So- you know, one place I never had, Brother Carter? What's that? In and Out. Oh, dude. If you ever make it to Texas for a show, go to In and Out. Or if you ever make it out again to California, uh, well, they're, heck, they're doing next year's WrestleMania in Hollywood. So if you go out to WrestleMania, you can have In and Out out there. Yes, I am going. I, st- to, I am going to 
I am going to LA next year. I'm, I'm going to make that happen. I could go to Tampa. I'm damn sure going to be in that damn new stadium that got down there in California. Though I will say, Josh, and this has always been a hot take amongst Southerners, I think Whataburger is better than In-N-Out Burger. I think Whataburger is the best fast food burger place that's ever existed, and I will fight anybody who tells me otherwise. Whataburger trumps In-N-Out Burger any day. I like Whataburger too. Actually, it's pretty good. Yes, um, yes. I, I am. I am kind of partial to being from the Midwest, but Culver's is pretty good too as well. I do like Culver's. Yeah, I, I don't mind Culver's at all. And, and I think that's a you know people that have their favorite place. I think it's a it's a regional thing. For you sure. know, you know, Culver's is uh, across the street from the Allstate Arena, so we usually hang out in there and get some food before we go to the show. That the Rosemont Horizon. That's what nice. I thought. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Damn, all these arenas have to be sponsored by something now. What happened to the Philadelphia Spectrum or the Omni? Like, <laughs> we're gonna have Blue Chew Stadium down the road. <laughs> no, it's, it, come on, man. There's, there's, I'm sorry, but there's no money in the garden. There's no money. I'm surprised that Madison Square Garden hasn't become a Madison, you know, uh, I don't know. It, Bank of America sponsors the Madison Square Garden or something right. like that, you know? <laughs> I, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Was it M&T Bank Stadium? That's another one for the Ravens? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's all kinds. The Mercedes-Benz Superdome here in New Orleans. Uh, or And then there's just the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, there's I, I every... I don't even know what the hell to call Soldier Field. That thing just came out of Neptune's ass. I, I don't know. It looks like well, a, but, it looks, but, it but looks there, like a UFO ship, brother Carter. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but there are some parks that I think will never change, like Madison Square Garden, Wrigley Field, uh, Fenway Park. You know those those parks will never. They're too iconic. They'll never change. No. Gillette Stadium. That, no, that's no. <laughs> people. I tell Gillette. I think people might need some Gillette now since that team's going to stink for the next couple years. Gillette Stadium, where do they, uh, who hosts them? I'm sorry. Oh, the, the Cheat Treats? Who? The New England Cheat Treats. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I see. I got it. Yeah, they're not going to be very good. Well, we're going to find out if Bella Cheat is as good as he says he is. With, uh, with with Jared Stidham and and you know and the, he's actually going to have to coach, so we'll see. Now, if they're good this year, I'll be like, okay, Belichick's the goat, but we'll see what happens. Let me just say, Scott Zolak, the color analyst on the radio for the Patriots, is the most annoying, obnoxious, pretentious on air radio on air football guy I ever heard in my entire life. Yes, I know Scott Zolek played quarterback for the Patriots and then and, 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 and he has his little segment with Bill Belichick every single week and he thinks all high and mighty. But God that guy sucks. Holy is he is he is he worse than Skip Bayless? Uh, I don't know if anybody can be worse than Skip Bayless. You know, <laughs> you know uh, speaking of Skip I saw that ESPN came out with a list of the top 74 players of all time. And one thing is very consistent about Skip Bayless. He does not believe that Scottie Pippen is a top 50 player. 
I wonder if people's opinions would change with that with the last stance going on right now. But um, <laughs> I don't know. That's something we got to think about. Uh, that's I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Video, but I got. Uh, got back into a bad reception area. Hey guys, it's all good. It's all part of the road experience, if you will. Um, let's see what else I can get to really quick yes. before uh, we wrap up the show this week. Okay, let me run down really quick what happened on the quote unquote. I'm using air quotes. I don't know if you can see this or not. But air quotes with the Wednesday Night Wars, Brother Carter. Um, <laughs> it uh, we had NXT. Can you, hear me? Can, am I, can you hear me, Josh? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you. Uh, NXT and okay, AW cool. last night. Um, we had the um, really cool video package for Killer Cross. The background music was something from my childhood as a wrestling fan. The end is near. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Damn, I just, the end is... Bang, bang. <laughs> That's pretty cool to see that for Killer Scarlet. Uh, by the way, shout out to Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, she celebrated her birthday yesterday as well, so give out a shout out to uh, Scarlet. Uh, a couple matches from NXT. I didn't get to transcribe it last night, but uh, you had Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jack Gallagher. Uh, Tony Nese uh, had a match with Jake Atlas. Uh, the interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament is still in commence. Uh, I want to give congratulations to um, Imperium for my favorite WWE brand, NXT UK, for becoming the brand new NXT Tag Team Champions uh, as they defeated Matt awesome. Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher only waited two weeks to turn on Matt Riddle, hence the reason why Imperium won the titles. Uh, later on that night, uh, Matt Riddle did fight Timothy Thatcher in the main event. And then we had a couple other big announcements on the show, Brother Carter. DX. Yeah, did I? Did I? <laughs> I was gonna say, did I see that 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 NX that DX introduced NXT Takeover in your house? Yes, that is correct. With the old logo too, by the way. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's gonna be June seventh on the WWE Network NXT Takeover in your house. So that's gonna be pretty awesome. And then um, I think one of the matches you might see on that show is. Keith Lee against Johnny Gargano because Johnny Gargano had uh, one of those dinner segments uh, again with uh, Candice LeRae and they're all heels now and they talk for a couple seconds and then they there's like a great graphic that hovers over their head and it sucked like some serious shit or whatever so it looks like Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee are going to have a feud with each other which is fine we found out that Damian Priest was the guy who attacked Finn Balor a couple weeks ago so uh, that helped Cameron Grimes beat Finn Balor on NXT last night. And then um, let's see what else really stood out. I'm trying to remember other matches on the show. Oh, uh, Aaliyah, the, the bougie girl. Aaliyah, she looks like she's going to be joining the Robert Stone brand. Uh, <laughs> the Robert Stone brand. <laughs> this cracks me up. <laughs> I, am, I, am, you know, I actually got to interview Robert Stone before. When he was Robbie in TNA, and um, oh, nice, nice. I think that was when he was on the Survivor, some type of show like that. But um, 
Yeah. Robbie E, the Robert Stone cool. brand. You, you can't go wrong with Chelsea Green, though, right? <laughs> right? Oh, God. No. Oh, God. I like me some Chelsea Green waterfall. That's it's 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 a. I'm I'm going to call that aquamarine waterfall because it's you know it's kind of like green. So I'm going to say aquamarine waterfall. Very nice. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, by the way, Josh, I don't know if you talked about this. I don't know if you talked about this, but I do want to give a shout out and congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Yes. for uh, the introduction of their first child. That's very cool. I think I've gone back and watched that segment about nine or 10 times now. And I think my favorite part of that was honestly Oscar's reaction yeah. because you could tell that it was just uh, two friends that care each other, love each other. And like, she didn't know why, like I, I, I really believe that Oscar didn't know why she was becoming the champion until she went out there. Kind of like when Seth, when Roman Reigns said he had leukemia and that kind of caught Ambrose and Rollins by surprise. I think this is the same thing. Cause like Oscar was like, really? Like, so that was, that was, and like she went, she became like a normal person, was not a heel, and did the whole like, oh my God, Becky, Becky thing. Like, that was really, really, really cool. So I thought that was a really great moment. Um, also, I'm going to be curious what they do with Seth Rollins because later on that night, he looked like he had gotten no sleep and was very much like a zombie, like new fathers tend to be. So I- I'll be curious to see if they're going to intertwine those storylines. I-, I-, I think it's going to be cool. But uh, congratulations to Beth and Seth, or Becky and Seth. And uh, that that reaction from Oscar was really, really, really cool and really special. Yeah, and then Seth was trying to get Rey Mysterio's eye out of the uh, steel ring sets. That yeah, looks <laughs> yeah. That also, really- I'll be curious to see where they go with that. It looks like we're going to get a Seth uh, Ray feud. Um, I just hope we don't get a I'm your poppy segment. Uh- oh, God. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, That's great. But also, by the way, another thing I'll say about Raw, Josh, is um, Shayna Baszler is really – she's really going full nasty heel, like, with talking about kids and stuff like that. I was like, oh, shit, okay. She don't care. (laughs) She don't care. (laughs) She has no filter. She's like, fuck the kids. Right. Which means I think when when Becky does come back, we're gonna get a Becky Shana feud, and it's gonna be like not not for any titles, but it's just gonna become a war, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be awesome. Uh, I want to give one piece of advice out to Natalia, especially with her uh, doing Instagram videos. She's literally like two seconds away from uh, wardrobe malfunctions. I don't want that to happen to her on the social medias. Yeah, um, no, that would that would that. That, 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 would would be, that would not be a good look. Uh, we don't need any bad publicity, if you will. D- don't worry, Josh. She already gave herself some bad publicity. She did have a fart gimmick. Let's not forget. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's some things I would like to forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just, I try so hard. I try so hard to forget that, but I just, I have a hard time forgetting that she had a fart gimmick. You know. Yeah, me and Hoodie were reflecting the other day that um, we saw uh, Shawn Michaels and God take on the McMahons. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let me um, run down the match really quick for uh, Double or Nothing because we're about to wrap these up in a couple of minutes. Um, yep. Okay, so we got AEW Double or Nothing 2020 coming up on May 23rd. It's going to be a Saturday. The buy-in matches private party gets best, best 
Friends. That's my uh, Justin Roberts uh, impersonation. Uh, <laughs> Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, baby. Freshly squeezed. Yeah. From whatever. Wing. Whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. God, I, I love Orange Cassidy, man. I know I go off about this every week, but I love Orange Cassidy, man. This is what AEW needs to do. Focus on their own talent. MJF, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara. Like, do that. Correct. So that match with Pride Party and Best Friends, that's going to be a number one contenders match for the World Tag Team titles. Uh, we had announced yesterday Britt Baker, um, my favorite female wrestler on AEW, taking on the Al- uh, the Galaxy's number one alien, Chris Stetlander. Um, I'm sure Excalibur gets on a roll with his uh, alien puns. Uh, I'm sure JR is just uh, grinning from ear to ear listening to that. Um, <laughs> it, it's got to the point where, where Shivani's the most listen, uh The guy, Shivani, Shivani, uh, Shivani is the best guy to listen to at the table. Um, all right. Just say ski of, just say ski of own and you got it covered. Yeah, ski of own. <laughs> Nyla Rhodes, Nyla Rhodes would be the, putting her AEW Women's World title on the line in the no-DQ match against Hikaru Shida. Um, that should be a fine match. Hikaru Shida won a fatal four-way match last night on AEW Dynamite. Uh, she is the number one contender, the only division that's actually following through the ranking system, but that's another uh, show for another time. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Darby Allen and... Uh, Orange Cassidy. We have the casino ladder match because every AEW pay-per-view needs a casino element added to it. Uh, we have the casino ladder match and the winner will get a future AEW world title match. So you have Darby. Wait, wait, hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Josh, Josh, Josh. You mean one of AEW's actual talents is going to be guaranteed a title match? What? Oh my god! What is happening with this company? Shut it down! AEW is failing! AEW is failing! Shut it down! WWE guys are not running the show! It's going to shit! (laughs) And just wait till WWE guy comes in last minute and wins that match. (laughs) It's going to be... Watch it be like EC3. All of a sudden EC3 comes in or, you know... Rusev. Rusev comes in. Oh god. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. That's why you don't have the boys book your uh, programming. Um, <laughs> okay, we have Darby Allen taking on Colcabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, and more to be announced for this particular Latin match. MJF um, will be taking on Jungle Boy in a singles match on AEW Dynamite. Uh, we found out last night that Mike Tyson will be presenting the inaugural TNT Championship belt to whoever wins the Cody Rhodes Lance Archer match. Um I don't know if the, okay. I don't know why they need Mike Tyson unless he's knocking out Jake the Snake Roberts, but um um <laughs> uh yeah so Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer. Uh Cody Rhodes gotta make everything about Cody Rhodes. Uh we got that match going around and then the main event as we uh opined and ran about last week uh John Moxley and Brody Lee. Uh Brody Lee defeated Christopher Daniels. That was the main event of last night's uh last night's AEW Dynamite and um 
Brody was still able to run away with the AEW title. Oh, by the way, let me get this because this is my Serenity Now moment. You had your rant earlier. Now I'm going to have mine. Okay? Please. Please. So, it's your show. You can do whatever you want. I, I said this a couple weeks ago that TNA has this weird complex where they constantly bring up TNA all the time. In fact, always brings up TNA. Hell, to the point where Moose is literally making ring announcers call him call him the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. So guess what happens last night on AEW Dynamite, the alternative wrestling show? Brody Lee has Dasha Gonzalez... Arizona Ice Tea Waterfall make her announce announce him as the self-proclaimed AEW World Champion last night. So we have TNA and AEW doing the same exact thing, and John Mox is like, "Oh, it's whatever. The fight I'm bringing to you is more important than uh, a leather strap and gold." Oh my god, man! This is the thing. I like John Moxley. He's entertaining. Yeah, he has good matches. But John Moxley on U.S. television is not good. You want to see the good John Moxley? See him in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. It's ridiculous, man. Brody Lee's now the self-proclaimed AEW champion after being there for a month and a half. Really? How, How does that make sense? Oh, how does that make sense? Oh, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Yeah, and the main Dark Order guys can't show up now because of the, uh, the the coronavirus right now. So they just got a bunch of jabronis uh, with um, with Brody. And guess, guess what a big match is for AW Dynamite next week? John Moxley versus 10. Really? Is that the main event, or is that just a show that, or just a match that they're? It's a match. It's a match they're advertising. <laughs> Jeez, Jericho. Uh, okay. I forgot to mention this. Uh, Jericho, uh, he did beat Pineapple Pete last night. Unfortunately for everybody, uh, Jericho did. Oh, by the way, I'm not a fan of the juice effect. I'll say that that move sucks. It looks like something Shane McMahon would do. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the main event for Double Nothing, but either if it's the World Time Match or this new thing called the Stadium Stampede Match. So, what is that? AEW is having a 10 man tag team match in the middle of the Jacksonville Jaguars football stadium at Double or Nothing. Okay. Okay. And one of the perks that AEW has that they could use. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium anytime they want without concern for the NFL because one of the owners of AW is a principal owner in the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, right. I, I mean, no, the I, vi- I mean, the visual is going to be pretty cool, but um, I've been kind of like been waiting for this like inner circle elite feud to end. And it's not their fault. Uh-huh. It's not their fault that we couldn't get blood and guts or anything like that. But it's like they've been dragging right. it out for more and more months. And it's like, okay, just have the match and move on. And let you guys do a different thing. Because initially, when Jericho lost the title to Moxley at Revolution, uh, Jericho was going to have the blood and guts match and then take a couple months off. Right. 
So everything changed now with the pandemic and everything. So uh, I'm sure the stadium stampede match will be pretty good. And I mean, looking at paper, looking at paper for this card for double or nothing, it's going to be a pretty good show from top to bottom. But there's just some stuff and this overall flow and the. I don't know the, I don't know. It's the energy with AEW that comes off pretentious and some stuff that I didn't like from my days in high school. I, I don't know. It's 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 a little odd to be honest with you. I will say though, Josh, um, and I think that some people are going to be like, "Oh, there's AEW copying WWE again," and I don't think they are by having it in Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium because they're using their resources, and I think that that's fine. Like. You know, if you have those facilities available to you, go ahead and use them. I, I, I see no problem in that at all. And I think it's – I'm looking forward to it, actually. I think when we do uh, – next week, I'll be back live in my palatial palace. And there'll be no interruptions or technical difficulties. And we can do our predictions for um, for either nothing or, or, or either nothing or double. But uh, <laughs> my Oh god, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, but I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. I think Josh, maybe the week after, we should have. Um, I don't know if a debate, but we should have a a state of the AEW address and just because I think Double or Nothing is going to tell us a lot about where AEW is as a company. So we should do a a state of the union address for AEW and just see where they are. I think that could be a good segment. Yeah, I think we could do that definitely uh, the show after uh, Double or Nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, that, right, exactly, like a state of AEW. Okay, we can do that. I'll put it in my little notepad that I have for the show on my computer. <laughs> I got one of those note apps for the uh, MacBook Air. You know, you know how it is yep. with the laptops. So. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll jot that down. But um, I, th- I think that'd be good for us to, uh, to talk about because I really do believe Double or Nothing is going to tell us a lot about where they are as a company. Last week we found out the schedules for the 2020 NFL season. This one, this one, we're going to wrap up with right here. Um, All right, you know, and also I saw some predictions today from um, USA Today. Bernard Carr, what team do you root for? For those who don't know. Who that, baby? Who that? Who that? Who that say they gonna beat them Saints? The Saints, baby, my New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And though I'm gonna say I'm still not thrilled about the Jameis Winston signing, but that's a, another discussion for another time. <laughs> but um Hey. But uh who that and Saints. Hey, is Matt mad at you over the fact that the Saints signed back Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles? <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't. He, he, he has. He hasn't said anything to me, so I don't know. But okay. um, I will say though that um, the, the Saints Bucks game just got a lot more interesting in the NFC. Their NFC South, I think it is right. Mm-hmm. I well, think, yeah, I think the NFC South. So I don't. I, I'm not very good with my NFL divisions, but that game got a lot more interesting. Well, the USA Today Sports had uh, put out their projections for 2020. They have your Saints being at 12 and 4, and they have my Chicago Bears at 3 and 13. Oh, 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 oh. oh I, I think they're going to win more than three games, especially with Nick Foles at the helm. I mean, you saw that they declined Trubisky's fifth year option. Yeah, they declined Kyle Fuller's fifth year uh, fifth year option and became a Pro Bowler that year. Um, right. 
I, I don't know where everybody's rushed to get rid of Mitch's. I mean, <laughs> when you have John Fox as your coach the first year, and then you make the Pro Bowl the second, and then you have a disappointing year with injuries last year, uh, That does, does that mean you need to be run out of the city? You're the worst quarterback ever? You know, people are gonna, I mean, a lot of people are going to be salty once Mitch, once Mitch Trubisky is the week one starter for the Bears. <laughs> I was telling you right that's now. A hot, that's, a, that's a pretty hot take, Josh. Yeah, that's a pretty uh... – yeah, that's a pretty, yeah, pretty hot take that you're saying that Trubisky is going to be the week one starter. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to disagree with you. I don't, I don't care. Hey, can you tell me one season besides 2012 where Nick Foles started every single game? I'm just saying, I, I don't know, man. I just, I think that there's a lot of people who are, I think that they, their, their, uh, their vision is very nearsighted when it comes to Mitch Trubisky, and they're yeah, gonna, because it has because gonna... has nothing to do with him. Every time everything goes on with Tr- Mitch Trubisky, it has to be going on with Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. It's never about him. It's always about the the freaking trade that happened on the draft day in 2017. Nobody ever talks about him. It's always under the prison. Oh, see, I told you that Ryan Pace made a mistake. Oh, I told you it was a raw decision to trade up. Okay, we all could do hindsight 2020 to the cows go home. Did, right. did people really think that Patrick Holmes was going to be Brett Favre before the draft? Right. <laughs> like, no. n- none of this is nuanced. It's not, it's not rocket science either, but okay, Okay, maybe the evaluation is wrong, but the people that are just rushing Deshaun Watson up to this pedestal is absolutely ridiculous to me because the guy who's the, his coach said that Watson's the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks gave up a 24 point lead in the playoff game, right? And played like well, shit the, and played like shit the previous year against Indianapolis Colts in the playoffs, but nobody wants to mention that. It's only Bill O'Brien's fault when it comes to the Sean Watson topic. And here's another thing. I have no beef with Patrick Mahomes. Everything he's done, everything the Chiefs have done, well-deserved. They're, they're fantastic. Totally get that. Perfectly fine. Right. But the rush to put a nail in Mr. Bisky's coffin – only just to say, hey, Ryan, you were wrong with drafting that guy. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> right. Honestly, I think it's stupid. And you know what? Okay, maybe he's not the guy. We'll, we'll see. It is what right. it is. But I, I saw the shot Watson the other day. He's like, uh, he put out Twitter, oh, the Bears never spoke to me once. Even though he told Rich Eisen in an interview three years earlier that he spoke to the Bears. Um, I don't know why he's worried what the Bears are going on, but I don't know. a lot of that stuff bothers me because people like to take personal shots at Mitch over something that he's not responsible. He didn't draft himself to the Bears. Right. And, and to, to have this narrative that he's been absolutely horrible for three straight years, I think it's bullshit. I'm sorry. People right. can disagree with me. I, uh, that's just my point of view. All right, so I have three points I want to make real quick, Josh. Number one, Props to Andy Reid for finally getting his Super Bowl, you know, this year. I was, very, I, you know, happy for Patrick Mahomes, but really happy for Andy Reid that he finally got his Super Bowl uh, with the Chiefs. And that's number, that's number one. Number two, <laughs> Stephen A. Here. Number two, um, when you get drafted in the NFL, nobody knows how you're going to pan out. Think about how many number one picks over the years have turned out to be complete busts right. over the years. Right? You, you just, you never know 
who's going to make the transition to the NFL well. So that's number two. Number three, the biggest fan of Patrick Mahomes in the world should be Cliff Kingsbury because Patrick Mahomes got a fired college coach a head NFL coaching job after he took a position as an offensive coordinator at a D1 college. Oh, I'll take this offensive coordinator position. Cool. But now I'm going to go be an NFL head coach because everyone thinks I'm a quarterback whisperer with Kyler Murray. Like, really? How has that worked out? And Kyler Murray's been okay. Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. He's okay. But the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan, I think, is Cliff Kingbury. Should be anyway because he got his shot at the NFL. You know, my go back to uh, the projections really quick. I'm not, I'm not upset with the whole three and thirteen thing. Um, people have their projections every year. You don't know who's going to be good from what. Like, I think that Arizona is going to be. Speaking of Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, I think they're going to be a good football team this year. I, I um, think so too. But you know, you have um, you got the Rams coming out with their new uniforms. They got a new stadium. They got ev- they got everything new, but their team is going to suck this year. <laughs> yes, so. I mean, we can do the projection gates and the cows go home, but like, I, th- I think the biggest thing that bothered me is the just jumping to conclusions that Nick Foles is the unquestioned starter. And I just think that's absolute bullshit. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But um, before we head out, let's uh, um, just a little reflection on the last dance because it's concluding this weekend. Um, you know, just being a young guy who's way too young to understand and process what was going on during that era of the Chicago Bulls and just Chicago sports in general, it's been a really nice experience for me to go down memory lane and look at it. And it's like, literally, I live five, ten minutes driving distance from the United Center. So to see, like, the backdrops or the B-roll clips of the United Center before big games like they've done during the series, I... I, I always eat, I always eat up that type of stuff. I, I love seeing that uh, type of stuff because that's literally right around my neighborhood. And um, you know, Michael Jordan is the gold man. I I, I don't know what else evidence you need. <laughs> He's the gold, dude. Dude, my st- dude. I said my stepbrother was like, we got into an argument. He's like, no, Michael Jordan was on the best team of all time, which I agree with. But LeBron is the best player of all time. And I'm oh, like, what are you? God. My brother's like, if it wasn't for Pippen, Rodman, Steve Kerr, this is my stepbrother, not not Scott. My stepbrother's uh-huh. like, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Rodman, Pippen, or Steve Kerr or Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan would not be the greatest player of all time. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, have you seen his game? Like, yeah. <laughs> ugh, like he averages like sixty points a game, 50, 60 points a game. For how many years? Like, come on. The the does the best player of all time lose five different NBA uh, eight or no? What was it five or six different NBA finals? Right. <laughs> yeah, the greatest player of all time lost to uh, an old Dallas Mavericks team in the finals. That's all I need to say. That's all I need to say, man. Right. It's, it's it's a ridiculous argument, but it's ludicrous. Uh. I, I'm I, I'm really I'm really excited to see what they pull out for the final two episodes. Um, 
last week, last week it was really touching. And, um, you know, Michael opened it up about his dad's death and stuff like that. That was really heart-wrenching. And, you know, getting to see uh, the emotional and vulnerable side of Michael is really interesting as well because uh, they really dove into the – suggestions of why he was the way he was with competition and pushing his teammates and just that competitive nature that I relate to him in a lot in a lot of different ways and how I push myself to a certain extent to be at a certain level and um, you know you, not, not, none of us are, are perfect we, we all have flaws in our own ways but you know what, what, what this guy's done in his openness and his courage to express himself this way has been even more motivated than what he's already done in the court over the years, you know, like just the person of Michael Jordan. I feel more inspired by him the more he talks and more honest he is with himself. And it's like, it is what it is. I I do get kind of chuckle when uh, he pulls up the iPad and he sees comments from like Gary Payne saying that he could, uh, he, he knew how to defend Michael and Michael's just laughing his ass off. If if I was in the in the same position, I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> right. By so, the way, did you um, did you did you see Josh? Um, I will give you know, for as much as Twitter annoys me, sometimes Twitter actually wins. Did you see the the video that someone made of LeBron talking about how great he was, and then it cut to Jordan laughing at the iPad? Have you seen that video? Yeah, I did. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. Whoever put that together, that was great. Did LeBron call himself the greatest of all time or something like that? Something like that. He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm so good, and blah blah blah. And like he's, and then, and then like Jordan starts laughing. It was, it was hilarious. It was a great video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last dance is uh, wrapping up this weekend. I want to give a shout out to director yep. Jason Hare, who's uh, done a phenomenal job this uh, documentary series. And also his appearances on radio as well. I listen to him a lot on Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 and his interviews there. So it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely something I'll watch again down the road. I, I think The Last Dance is probably my favorite uh, sports documentary that I've seen in the last three to five years. And it's um, it's really touching and it's, it's really cool. I don't know if we'll ever have a Michael Jordan biopic or something like that one day. I think that'd be very interesting. Um, but um, just – the energy of that building when the Bulls are playing during the nights is something that you can't really describe and just something really special just from that era in general. And the fact that uh, they never lost in the finals, I don't know if you'll see that again. I mean, we had the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, but they did – let's not forget they did lose to the Detroit Pistons in the 2004 NBA Finals. And, um, yeah, so – uh, it, it's right. it's been a lot of fun to watch the series, and um, I want I want to thank you guys as well for enjoying today's edition of the Hoots Podcast. Hope you guys are having a wonderful time as always. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I'm on Instagram, Josh Lopez ninety four, and at Josh Lopez Music. Make sure to follow Brett Carter on Twitter at Derek Stoughton, and check out his articles on WrestlingRumors.net as well. And you can check out my work at Pro Wrestling Transcriptions. Dot com. Uh, make sure to check out my recent appearance. My recent appearance on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. Make sure to check it out on Spotify, and that's where you can find our podcast as well. And make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a four or five star review so you can uh, you let us know what you like or dislike. And um, we'll be back here next week. And um, 
uh, see what's going on as we're on the road to backlash now. <laughs> I'm surprised we're having a backlash in June, but I, I'll, I'll never say no from pay-per-views from my childhood, so uh, I'm sure we'll have some good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. We'll have some good stuff on that show. And then um, be great. Uh, it's great to debunk that stupid Roman Reigns uh, conspiracy that was going on last week. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, they showed, they showed him how many times in that Money in the Bank match. But, oh, God, no, he's getting buried and he's done with WWE. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> um, Durant and Derrico is awesome. Let's give a shout out to the Good Brothers, B Rob, Matt, and everybody who supports the show, Sam Piofo and uh, Brandon DeJesus as well. Thank you guys for the support. I love you guys. And for Brother Carter, I'm Joshi. I'm Brother Adam. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 205 of the Hoots Podcast. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. I guess, sir. Peace.